chapter 17, and I am bad, uh, Reverend Trini, and by not listening to the announcements and stuff, and sorry I missed the men's uh, fellowship yesterday. Uh, there wasn't no free breakfast anyway, so uh, <laughs> I see I got a witness in the house, sir. You know, if there's been food, I'm quite sure my memory would have just been there and stuff. <laughs> but I know it was good. I heard Pastor Hillebrand spoke yesterday and everything, so, well, it's good. Did I say it the right way? <laughs> Luke 17, verse 11. Now, it happened as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. Then as he entered a certain village, there met him ten men who were lepers, who stood afar off, and they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. So when he saw them, he said to them, go, show yourselves to the priest. And so it was that as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet giving him thanks. And notice what the writer said, and he was a Samaritan. He said that for a reason. Our key verse is verse 14 and verse 15. So when he saw them, he said to them, go, show yourselves to the priests. And so it was that as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw he was healed, returned and with a loud voice glorified God. And I was trying to figure, you want to grab a mic, get ready to pray that Reverend Massey. Uh, seem like titles just ain't, they're not coming anymore, Brother Tolliver. And so if you got to have one, here's one. <laughs> with a loud voice glorify God. With a loud voice, glorify God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, somewhere in here, in what I feel like God has laid on my heart, we want to turn the tables on the enemy today. And so this is where we'll minister from, and, and we'll just see where we go, how we go, and, and what God's going to do in this place today. Reverend Mass, if you would pray over God's word. God, I love you. I thank you for your presence that I feel. I thank you for this yielded vessel that is before us. We honor him, God. Thank you for your word that's already anointed. I pray that it will not return void. We want to receive it, God, into our spirit, but we want to be a doer of the word, God. And if anybody needs to come to the bleeding side of Calvary, God, draw them today in a mighty way in Jesus' name. Name, amen. Amen, amen. Clap your hands if you've been seated. Now, there have been many messages that's been preached from this passage of Scripture, many that's been taught from this passage of Scripture from myself as well as others over the years, and there will be many more that will be ministered from this passage of Scripture before the Lord come back. 
But this is what I felt like God laid on my heart early in the week, and I began to study on Friday morning. And so the Lord wants to talk to us. He wants to ask something to us in order for us to to not be defeated by the enemy, to learn how to be victorious and I walk in relationship with God. Somehow, there's a spirit that moves among the people of God that um, really that we, we shouldn't struggle or battle with anything. And then when we do, there's a tendency, one, to feel like we've done something wrong or to feel like God don't care or God has forsaken us. This body has grown to a point where, where it's okay for me to minister this type of word today. One, you, you, you just got to have a made-up mind. You're going to live for God no matter what. <laughs> because once, now I don't have this down, but this is what I'm feeling. Once your fate is sealed, friend, you can't go back. There's no such thing as purgatory. And we got to make every minute count while we have breath to breathe. Somebody say, man, I got to make it to the kingdom of God. And the enemy is going to run everything our way to distract us and to get our mind off of God. Not only off of God, but off the promises of God. So here we go. Let's, let's look at this here in the word of the Lord. That happened as he, we know that he is Jesus, went to Jerusalem, that he passed through the midst, in, in the middle, in, 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 in the heart of Samaria and Galilee. First of all, I want you to understand that Samaria is situated between Jerusalem and Galilee. If I was to show you that on the map, I couldn't. I ain't going and looking that up. <laughs> but Galilee, uh, Samaria is between Galilee and Jerusalem. The historians feel like that Jesus had visited major cities in Galilee. And he had to go through Samaria to get to Jerusalem. Now, I want you to understand, this was not just a casual walk that the Lord had this day, just an arbitrary trip. When God does something, it is intentional, and it's not by accident. When God does something, there's a purpose in everything that God do. Everywhere that God walked, it was with intention, it was with purpose. Every word that God speak, these are not words that are wasted. These are not words that fall to the ground. Even though the enemy tries to paint a picture that, that sometimes some things that were spoken was not of God. <clears throat> It's amazing. I, 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 I got a text this, this week, and some people are wise, and they have my number. They know how, and there's no one here. Uh, ain't that many people got my numbers anyway. They know how to text and, and make it seem like it is an emergency. And so I, I found some time. I returned the phone call. And uh, in the conversation, there, there's a lot of things that was uh, discussed, and uh, they, they wanted to ask my advice on something. And, 
But when I, when I got off the phone, I felt like it was an a indirect um, dig at me on, on what God has sent me a couple of years ago to do. Sister Jackson was with me. And things uh, in their sight is, is, is proven opposite of what I delivered unto them. And I'm sitting there listening, and, and I wasn't going to try to do anything. I wasn't going to try to justify. I, gonna, I, I know I heard from God, yes, sir. and there's no way in the world I was going to do what I'd done unless I heard from God. And uh, the Lord told me, God said, the reason why they feel this way and, 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 they're, and they're saying everything is falling in line, because God said, the window of opportunity that I gave to them has already passed. So they're going to do whatever they want to do. Well, you don't worry about it. It was a timely word God gave today. Because there's times, you know, that God is having me to say things, Brother Mike, to speak it to people's life, to tell them stuff. And, and, and I feel it when it don't go the way that they feel it should go. They, they feel like, well, it couldn't have been God. But I'm telling you today, God does not waste any words. Somebody say amen. God does not waste words. Man, I feel the Holy Ghost. I'm going to get off track here a little bit. And so here, it, it wasn't by accident. It was intentional that God passed through the midst of Samaria in Galilee. Now, I, I want you to understand how intentional this was. Ecclesiastes chapter 9, verse 11. I want to read this. You have heard this. If you dare say amen. So this is the wisest man in the world. When he was praying, the Lord visited him one night. You know the story. And he said, ask to me what, whatever you want. And the beauty of, of what Solomon asked, he didn't ask anything to conceive upon his own lust. What he asked for was wisdom. He realized who he was and realized his shortcoming and realized that the people belong to God. And he asked for wisdom so he may rightly discern and judge God's people properly. So the wisest man in the world penned these words in the book of Ecclesiastes chapter 9, verse 11. He said, I returned and saw under the sun that the race is not given to the swift, nor the battle to the strong, nor bread to the wise, nor riches to men of understanding, nor favor to men of skill. But time, there were a time being due season. But time, it also means occasion. But time, a period of time. A appointed time, a proper time, a season, or an opportunity, but time and chance. That word chance means occurrence or happening, happen to them all, not just to all of them, but time and chance happen to everybody that's in this place today. There's a proper time. There is a proper season. There is an opportunity that God has a name. 
there is an occurrence and a happening that God allowed to have in everybody's life. Man, I feel the Holy Ghost in here. The thing is, you cannot miss your time and your chance. Let me get off track a little bit. Time and chance is here today. God brought you here. You're not here by accident today. And time, the proper time, the appointed time, and the season is for you today. Oh, man. I feel a little resistance from the adversary, but I'm going to preach anyhow. Because there's a spirit that he's trying to rest on the people that God doesn't care and God don't answer prayer and God is not there for us. There's a lie that comes from the very pits of hell. God has a timing for everything. And so time and chance, it happened to us all. Let's go to Acts chapter 17. You're wondering why I'm reading all of this. I want you to understand there, there, there was a purpose in the Lord passing through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. Time and chance was coming to some people. And it was up to them if they was going to respond and act on their time and chance. Isn't it amazing in one service, you can have half the people being blessed uh, and the other half uh, that'll leave the same way that they came. Uh, The difference is uh, somebody recognize uh, this is my time and this is my chance. I believe somebody can be healed in the house of the living God today. So let's look at this, Acts 17. And you know I love this scripture. I read this a lot. I'm just going to back up time and chance. It's going to say the same thing, the same principle, but in different words. Mr. Mellon, whenever you're ready. Then Paul stood in the midst of Areopagus and said, Men of Athens, I perceive that in all things you are very religious. That means it was dedicated to whatever form, a trade, an occupation that they had. That doesn't mean they were serving God. At least we know they weren't serving the right God. Let's keep going. For as for as I was passing through and considering the objects of your worship, I even found an altar with this inscription, to the unknown God. Therefore, the one whom you worship without knowing, him I proclaim to you. Now he's going to begin to proclaim to them the unknown God that they worship without knowing. Watch this here. God, who made the world and everything in it. Who made it? All right, let's keep going. Since he is Lord of heaven and earth, does not dwell in temples made with hands. Now, he's saying this for a reason. Man, hands, God doesn't need to validate or confirm or give him what he needs. Let's keep going. We won't have time to go a little bit deeper than this, but he does not. Now, verse 25 is going to bear it out. Nor is he worshipped with men's hands as though he needed anything. So man can't do anything for God, for his helping God. But God can do everything for us, and we need his help. Now watch this here. Since he gives to all life. Who gives to all life? All right, watch this here. He gives to all life, breath, and all things. And he has made from one blood every nation of men to dwell on all the face of the earth. Now, you know I love that. Let's keep going. And has determined their pre-appointed times. Wait a minute. Who has determined their pre-appointed time? Everybody in here. 
God has determined. Even though it's unknown to you, God has determined your beginning and God has determined your ending. And God has determined when time and chance is going to come to your life so you can have the opportunity to reach out to him. God determined our pre-appointed time. Now watch this here. So that they shall, so that they should seek the Lord. Oh, let's back up. You missed one part. Their pre-appointed time and what else? Oh, I'm sorry. And the boundaries of their dwellings. And the what? Boundaries of their dwellings. Now, spiritually, God has drawn a boundary. He just didn't include you and I in the drawing of the boundaries. And so there's boundaries. And within that boundary, God has a pre-appointed time, not just for salvation, but for other needs that you have in your life. God has time, a season, an appointed time, a new season, and it occurs and it happening to give you the opportunity to reach out and find him. Somebody's going to have their prayer answered today. Somebody's going to be healed today. Somebody's going to hang on just a little bit longer and believe God today. Now, I'm going to show you something. I'm going to be scattered. I'm already scattered a little bit. So watch this here. The pre-appointed times and boundaries, for what reason, Sister Madeline? So that they should seek the Lord. Oh, so within the boundaries, wherever you're at, you're not in San Antonio, Texas, by accident. God pre-appointed your time and your boundaries here. Because he's going to allow some things to happen to give you the opportunity to find him. Watch this here. In the hope that they might grope for him. Oh, so within the boundaries, within the pre-appointed time, God is going to allow some things to happen that, that, that you may begin to, to reach for him, begin to feel for him, begin to try to find him. Uh, this is why God has a time and God has boundaries to give everybody the opportunity to feel out to him. God can't do the feeling. You got to do the feeling. You got to do the reaching. You got to try to find him. Somebody say amen in the house. Listen, this is why I said people at the age of accountability, no one, not one person ever die without the opportunity to reach and feel for God. Time and chance come to. Now watch this here. And find him, though he is not far from each one of us. So he said, huh? I'm not far. God is not far from anybody today. Not one person. God is not far from you. The enemy will tell you God is. The enemy will tell you God don't care. The enemy will tell you God's not, not, God is not answering your prayer. That's a lie. And he's going to get a false feeling that God is far from you. Uh, no, he's not. It's just not God's timing. And it's not God's chance. Uh, and you got to, my God, I feel the holy. You got to stand your ground. And you got to learn to wait. Man, I feel the Holy Ghost. You got to learn to wait on God. We lost so many people living for God because it didn't happen in their timing. Let's go a little bit farther here. Ecclesiastes 3 and 1 said to, 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 to what? To, to what, what again? There is a what? Oh, to, to how many things? And a what? A, a, a time for what? 
How many purposes? Under what? And we're under heaven. And so here, the scriptures, it tells us, let's go back to Luke 17. Well, I'm not going to get to where I wanted to today. Now, it happened. As he went to Jerusalem, that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. It was for a reason. It's for a purpose. Time and chance was coming to a group of people that particular day. And God was going to position himself that if they reached for him, if they tried to find him, they would find him because their boundaries and their pre-appointed time was there crossing path with God Almighty. So I want us to reason, and he's the type of God that it doesn't matter who it is. Time and chance come to everybody. And God, oh man, so many times we'll say this here. Well, God, you don't understand. Don't you believe that lie? We may not understand, but God understands everything. Somebody say amen. Let me prove it to you in the word of the Lord. Hebrews chapter 4. And we're going to go to verse 14. Hebrews 4, verse 14. If you dare, say amen. If you're happy and you know it, say amen. We're too poor to learn the rest of the words. I don't know what the rest of was. <laughs> Hebrews 4 and 14, Sister Madeline, watch this here. Seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. Now, let's, let's back up, Sister Mellon, and let's just read the, uh, the first part of verse 14. Seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens. So, we just don't have a high priest. The scripture said we have a great high priest. Now, the high priest in the Old Testament, he was the one that was responsible. Once a year, he was able to go behind that second veil into the presence of God Almighty and to take blood, a covering for himself and for the people. We don't have time to look farther in Hebrews that it was no accident that the high priest was chosen from among man. And the reason why he was chosen from among man, if he went to God on our behalf, then whatever we brought to God, being a man himself, he can sympathize. And understand. This is why God chose and he ordained a high priest to be bought from mankind. And so with Jesus being the great high priest, in order to relate to you and I, he robed himself in flesh. He took on the form of man. He submitted to his own creation. He was born in a manger. I feel the Holy Ghost. He was raised by a mother and a father. He submitted to them so he can relate to you and I. And there is nothing that you're going through that God don't understand. Somebody better hear me. Let me say it again. There's nothing you're going through that God don't understand. Now, now watch this here. The scripture said he was a great high priest 
who passed through the heavens. In other words, this is the earth. And none of us has passed through the heavens. And so the heavens is symbolic of that second veil. He passed through the heavens according to Acts chapter 1 and verse 11. He ascended on high. And we don't have time to get into all of that. But he passed into the heavens, into the presence of God Almighty. And then the scripture said that, that we should hold fast our confession. In other words, our confidence in God, our trust in God. We need to hang on to it because the enemy is going to do everything he can to separate you from your confidence in God Almighty. God is not like man. He don't work like man. He don't operate like man. God don't do things like man, but God will never fail you. Man, I feel the Holy Ghost. And if God has ever spoken a word to you, it may not seem like it, but don't lose your confidence because not one word that God has ever spoken. His words don't fall. Oh, somebody need to hear me in the Holy Ghost. Some of you are way down today. I feel it spiritually, and you can't get up. But I'm telling you, friend, you're going to get up today. Man, I, well, Lord, I ain't no finish. Let's go a little bit farther, Sister Madeline. Let's read the next scripture. Watch, watch this next one. For we, do, for we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses. Wait, wait a minute. So it said, for this reason, being a high priest and passing through the heavens, going to the second veil on behalf of himself and you and I. And he took on the form of man. Because of that, you can't say. That God don't understand. He can sympathize with us. In other words, he'll take himself out of himself and put himself in your shoes with his mind. And he can do it because he was man. And he said, oh, let me think. Let me put myself in their shoes uh, and let me feel what they feel. Some of you, you don't believe that today. So with your prayer, sometimes you got to say, God, have mercy on me. I'm getting ahead of myself. Mercy means sympathize with me. Understand me, God. Put yourself in my shoes uh, and move on my behalf. Uh, somebody need to hear me in the Holy Ghost. Uh, God can't sympathize with you. Uh, God knows where you're at today. So we do not have a high priest. Watch this here. But was in all points tempted as we are. How many points? All, all points. Really, some of you say. How many points? All, all points. points. All points. It's only recorded in, in the Gospels in Matthew 4 and Luke 4. It only recorded three. But the Bible said he was tempted 40 days. Days and 40 nights. He was tempted in all area. So anything that you're facing, he faced there in the wilderness, in the mountains. God hear me in the Holy Ghost. He faced it alone. He faced it when he felt like nobody understood and nobody could care. He was all by himself facing that temptation. I feel God in the house. And somebody's saying, I'm all by myself. Nobody understand me. Nobody could. God has already been there. 
You got to learn to give it to Jesus. Oh, my God. He was tempted in all points. Watch this here. Let's, let's, keep, let's finish this out. Yet without sin. Yet without sin. And so I, I said all of that so we can get back to this. Man. Well, Lord, I humbly come before you. And I want you to understand the time. Why come y'all not praying with me? <laughs> I heard somebody saying this song, you're all by yourself. Well, I'll finish this passage in, and we'll stop there. And I'm going to pick this up in the second service of next week. Yeah, I don't believe that either. I, I, there are some things God wants to say here. So let's go back to Luke 17. See, see 11.05, when we went to this, we supposed to be in an altar and stuff, and all this stuff by 11.30. Myself and Pastor R. Jackson, well, she did the last couple of times. She, well, I ain't never met that requirement right there. But I'm the bishop. I can do it. <laughs> Somebody say, you ain't. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. Watch this here. Now, it happened as he went to Jerusalem, and he passed through the midst of Samaria, Galilee. Then as he entered a certain village, Pre-appointed time, boundaries. There met him ten men who were lepers, who stood afar off. Now I want you to know, they done everything according to the word of God by standing afar off. All right, now you. You know the bishop, he loved you, and I'm, I'm in your corner, but let's, let's make sure we're paying attention. That's, this is very important. And that should be enough to say it right there. All right. All y'all follow my eyes, so I have to be going like this. And like Stevie Wonder. Some of y'all don't even know Stevie or Wonder. So, these, these ten men, they didn't self-diagnose themselves like people do today when they go to the Internet and they look at all these symptoms. And, man, they are just sick. They are just bad off and stuff. They couldn't self-diagnose themselves for us being lepers. There was, there was a proper protocol. That was established in the word of God in order for them to be lepers. And so let's look at this protocol in the word of the Lord. Let's go to Leviticus 13, verse 1, 2, and 3. And I think it's important. We're going to hit something here in just a second. But it's important that we, we move at this pace. I want you to know the significance of what happened this day. Leviticus 13, verse 1, 2, and 3. And the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, saying, When a man has on the skin of his body a swelling, a scab, or a bright spot, and it becomes on the skin of, of his body like a leprous sore, then he shall be brought to Aaron, the priest or to one of his sons, the priest. The priest shall examine the sore on the skin of the body. And if the hair on the sore has turned white, 
and the sore appears to be deeper than the skin of the body. It is a leprous sore. Then the priest shall examine him and pronounce him unclean. These ten had already been examined by the priest. And so they was unclean. And this is why they stood afar off. They couldn't come to the general population. And so since they couldn't blend in with everybody, time and chance was walking by them uh, that day. And so, with that being said, they stood afar off. It's the reason why they had to stand afar off. In the second, Sister Madeline is going to read that. Verse 13 says, And they lifted their voices, which is according to the law. And they said, Jesus, Master, have mercy. On us. They done everything according to the law except the last few words. They changed it. And so let's go back to Leviticus 13. And let's look at verse 45 and verse 46. Sister Madeline is going to read that. Now the leper on whom the sore is, his clothes shall be torn. And his head bare. So they must have had torn clothes and head was bare. Watch this here. And he shall cover his mustache. They had uh, the Groucho Marx, the mustache. And cry, unclean, unclean. And so they had to cry. If anybody got close to him, they had to stand at a certain distance. You can read that in Leviticus 13 and 14. And they had to cry. They had to lift their voice where somebody can hear them and say, unclean, unclean. Now watch this here. He shall be unclean. All the days he has the sore, he shall be unclean. He is unclean and he shall dwell alone. His dwelling shall be outside the camp. So they was outside the camp. That's the reason why they said they still are far off. Now, I want you to stay with me. When they stood afar off, we just read. They lifted their voices. The law said they had to lift their voice. But they said something different. Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Sympathize with us. Put yourself in our shoes. Feel what we're feeling. Understand what we're going through. Have mercy on us. And it's obvious that God took himself mentally out of the place that he was in. And mentally, he put himself in their shoes. But the beauty of it is, what if the Lord was just with a pastor to miss, just walking, and they missed their time and their chance? God walked there with intentions, with purpose. And when they reached out to him, when they cried out to the Lord, when they asked God for mercy, the Bible said, so when he saw them, he said to them, he didn't even go and lay hands on them. Go, show yourself to the priest. Now, wait a minute. They heard about Jesus from somewhere. He didn't go and lay hands on them. He said, go and show yourself to the priest. What's so amazing about this, if they really believe that he was going to show mercy on them, 
then they will obey the word without understanding. He just told them to go and show yourself to the priest. They said that they believe the word that he said. And we're not like that. God will give us a word, and we're trying to figure it out. We're trying to figure out when it's going to happen, how it's going to happen, if it's going to happen, and the timing. And when it don't fit in our box, we don't believe the word of God. This is where the enemy has tripped some people up. There's two passages of Scripture I'm not going to get to today. I'm telling you. Now, now watch this here. He told them to go. Guess what? They obey. And so as it was, that as they went, as they believed, as they obeyed, they were cleansed. In other words, they were, I mean, they was pure. There was no discharge coming from their wounds anymore. And some of the wounds began to fade. And some of them returned the, the right color. And because they believed. How do we know they believed, Reverend Brent, Pastor Brent? Because they went. They made an effort to go to the high priest. And watch this here. But the story doesn't stop here. As they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, when he saw there was no more discharge, when he realized that the color was fading, when he realized that, that there was nothing raw on his body anymore, the Bible said he returned. And with a loud voice, he glorified God. Now, I want you to understand. He didn't turn and go back to the Lord with any hidden motives. We won't get a chance to get there. He was going to thank God for what God has already done. The Lord told me there are some people in our midst. Our praise is predicated on what have you done for me lately? The Lord says some people praise and their worship is predicated upon when are you going to answer my prayer. It's predicated upon God. I don't feel you. I don't feel like you're there. And some people praise. It's connected to a hidden motive of what they want God to do uh, on their behalf. And if it don't fit in their box, there's not going to be a lifting of the hands. There's not going to be a lifting of the voice because you feel like God has turned his back. And that's a trick of the adversary. Don't let the enemy rob you of your praise. Oh, man. I feel the Holy Ghost in here. You ought to be glad, devil, I don't have time to get to the other part. Because I'm going to pinpoint some things some people is going through. Your praise can't be predicated upon what God has not done according to your thinking. This man didn't come back with any other motive except to thank God for what he already done. You can be seated in Jesus' name. Let me ask somebody, you wouldn't be where you're at today if it weren't for God. You wouldn't have what you have if it weren't for God. Man, I feel the Holy Ghost in here today. The only reason.
reason why you got up today is because of God. God has been good to you. So you got a reason to praise him. You got a reason to clap your hands. Oh, my. I'm going to finish this passage of Scripture out because there's something connected to it. You could be seated. We'll, we'll get there next week. Because when you learn to praise him for what he has already done, it's going to shake and move things in your life. It's going to rattle some things loose that the enemy is trying to hold on to. And because you praise him with a pure motive and pure intention, God is going to move and take care of everything else. But we got to learn to praise him for what he's already done. Hallelujah. We're going to be seated. I want to go a little bit farther. I know I got to finish. The time is just getting away. Sister Boyd, Brother Max Boyd used to sing this song, Where Would I Be? You Only Know. Where would, oh, we, there's some scriptures, friend, we can't get to today. That, that the leader in the Old Testament, he made the people repeat some things. Hang on to those scriptures, Sister Mellon, and we'll pick up on it in the second service of next week. He made them repeat some things because he didn't want them to forget what God has done for them. And it's easy when we're looking at our circumstances and we're looking at where we're at. And we're looking at, God, I thought you would have done it by now. I, I thought you would have moved by now. And the enemy, again in our ear, God's not going to do it. That's a lie. I feel God. That is a lie. And all he wants you to do is just throw your hands up and just walk away from everything. But you need to throw your hands up and say, devil, you're a liar, and I'm going to magnify God in the midst of my mess. We're going to turn the table on the adversary. Okay, I know I need to finish. You're going to be seated. Whoever's playing, you can come on. And watch this here. One of them, when he saw he was healed. He returned. Now watch this here. With what type of voice? You know what the man was thinking. He said, with a loud voice, we said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. He said, it was loud when I was asking him to do something for me. It's going to be loud now when I glorify his name. Oh, yeah. I, I know some of you. And God is watching some of you. You're not going to lift your voice. Bishop, I'm not like that. You're lying. You are lying. You give glory. You will lift your voice to everything except God. Let me say it again. You are lying. But yet we want God to take care of the needs that we have, and we can't lift our voice. Be, be seated. I know you're getting excited. Go ahead and strum a little bit. Now watch this here. I, I tell you, I thought I was going to get through some stuff today. He lifted his voice, and his voice was loud, Brother Tyler. How did he worship? The Bible said that he fell down 
on his face and his feet, giving him thanks. Oh, my God. And he was a Samaritan. He was not even a full Jew. They must have been a proselyte. You let God do something for somebody that don't know him the way you and I do. They will outpraise us. They will outworship us because they know only God can do something like that. Oh. He was a Samaritan. Now watch this here. We're finishing out this portion. And so Jesus answered and said, were there not ten cleansed? God, look in this section over here. God has been good to some of you, and you've been cleansed. And some of you can't, you can't get up, and, and you can't, you don't have to do it now, and you can't lift your voice. Weren't you not cleansed by the Lord? Wonder not people cleansed by the Lord in this section? Wonder not people cleansed by the Lord in this section? Wonder not people cleansed by the Lord in this section? Cleanse my God Almighty. finish this out you gotta let go son I ignored it I have ignored it you gotta let go God has a call on your life this is not the only time I have spoken to you I don't know what's pulling on you but there is something the world is trying to get to you hear me you let Reverend Mark know y'all gotta reinforce what I'm telling him Don't let the enemy steal your calling. You're struggling even to worship. And I love him. That's probably David in the making right there. You can do great things. You hear me? You can do great things for the kingdom. I bind the world that's pulling on him. I bind it in the name of Jesus. I bind it. I bind it. God, you have a calling. You have a calling on this life. I bind it. I bind it. Loose him, God. Loose him. Give my hunger. Give my hunger. Give my hunger. Give my hunger like he never had before. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I, I want to finish this out. Now, for some of you, that you, you, you praised him, and you didn't have no hidden motives. Some of the things that you are desiring, some of the things that God has spoken to you, if you keep your worship and praise pure, God said he's going to take care of everything else. Even the Lord remind me, I'm glad he spoke to you that. Son, you just keep speaking when I tell you to speak. I'm not talking about necessarily people in here and some people in here. Even if you feel them when they feel like the words was wasted, God said, words ain't wasted. It depends on them if they're going to believe it. 
and they're going to praise me for what I already done and not let what I have promised, even though it have come to pass, even though it have happened in their time, not let it hinder them from giving me the glory. You cannot. There's a lot of promises sitting on a lot of people in here. And some of you have sat on God because it has happened in your timing. That's a trick of the enemy. The enemy, I have exposed you today in the house of the living God. It won't work. It just won't work. Somebody say it with me. It won't work. It just won't work. I'm going to praise him for what he's done. Let, let me finish this scripture out. I already messed up the time anyway. I know you're ready for the second service, but you want to get some snacky snacks and stuff. So Jesus answered and said, were there not ten? But, but where, where are the nine? God, God sometimes look, he said, can't you, can't you just take a journey back in your mind and look at everything I have done for you? I expect you to pray. Don't worry. I'll take care of this, 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 and that. But you got to learn to praise me for that, 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 and that. And don't get discouraged because all this have happened. Listen, friend. When the Lord told me no more Sunday school and we went to two services, in my mind, I'm thinking we're going to pack both of them out right away. It ain't happened. But the Lord said the influx is coming. So you know what? I'm not going to worry about that. But I'm going to thank him for what he's already done and what he's already doing. All right, I know we need to quit. Watch this here. He said, where are the nine? Watch this here. Were there not any found, oh my goodness, who returned to give glory to God, except this who? One even a Jewish person, maybe a proselyte, that believed God when nobody else did. I'm not going to let a sinner out there that God do something for. I'll praise me for what God has done in my life. But this is the part I want you to catch right here. And this is it. And he said to him, arise. Go your way, your journey, your path, your mode, your faith, your belief, your confidence in me has made you well. How do we know he had confidence in it? When the Lord said go, they went. And as they was going, he looked. And when he looked, he saw and he went back. He said, I'm going to praise you for what you've done. And when he done that, God said, because you're praising me for what i already done, I'm going to take care of everything else. Anything that you lost with this leprosy, I'm restoring and I'm giving it back and I'm making it whole. Do anybody have a praise in the house? Do anybody have a praise in the house?
Sata. Sata. Yo la 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 la